You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans for Genesis fans. Hi there, this is Mike Lord. And this is Tom Roche. And we are Tabletop Genesis, and we are here to entertain you with our discussion this week, this week, this month, this full moon, of Peter Gabriel's new track, Love Can Heal. Love Can Heal. Yes, so let's listen to a little bit of this track to begin with. Tom, what's your thoughts on this fairly mellow track? <laughs> well, well, first of all, I, I don't know why, but I have the inclination to talk to like these murder <laughs> podcasts where we're talking about, you know, the, <laughs> but I won't. You I are the only podcast in the building right now. So <laughs> uh, good, good reference. Thank you. I know some people might be thinking, well, it's another soft track, another very mellow track. Maybe I'm still waiting for that kick my ass horns upbeat track but we got that a few times previously with well io and with mm-hmm. the road to joy right uh so and while this is tree or all tree was pretty yes. pretty up there Wait, too. Olive, 
<laughs> olive tree, yes. Olive garden. Olive garden. <laughs> exactly. Olive Lucy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I love this. This was a really nice, warm blanket of music that <laughs> covered me from start to finish. And did you love it from first listen or did it have to grow on you a little bit? No, I think I, I was really intrigued by First Listen. I, I know a few of these slower songs earlier on. I think it was so much where the first time I heard it, I was like, ah, oh, not this again. Right. But <laughs> not with this track. It was just, I think it's that intro, yep. that very ethereal, mellow, repetitive kind of airy atmosphere that is very calming. It's almost like small waves on the water for this mm -hmm. whole track. Like there's no big splashes. There's no build up to something. Maybe at the end you could consider that a little bit of a build up, but it's mostly, it comes in, it gives its message and it kind of floats out. And I like that, that it's a different kind of approach to a song on this album than we've seen previously. So I, I give it a big thumbs up. Yeah, it was very aquatic in some ways. It felt kind of talking about like being on the sea, a very calm sea for the most part. But I agree with you. For me, it was a bit more of a grower. I didn't dislike it on first listen, but I was kind of like, I did have a little bit of like, oh, it's going to be a slow song. Okay. And that colored it a little bit. But especially right before this podcast, I listened to it on repeat kind of multiple times in about an hour or so. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this works for me. And it, I think it's to me, it's the best of the slower, quieter songs that have come out from this batch. I'd agree with you there. Yeah. And you also sent me the a link to a performance of this from the Peter Gabriel and Sting, Sting and Peter Gabriel tour from back in 2016, when this song was actually played. And it was played at the show we went to, you know, in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> And I have to be honest, I had no memory of this song. And I'm usually pretty good with, <laughs> with remembering at least bits of new stuff if I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that thing. And I watched that performance again about maybe half an hour or so ago. And I was like, I'm like, I don't think I remember this. But then I start, you know, constructing that memory of, Oh yeah, I've, I do vaguely remember this, and I looked at Setlist FM to see where it was in in the setlist, and it was near the end of the of the of the concert, and and it was more of that. Like I remember, I remember the intro to the song now of Peter talking about it being about Joe Cox and kind of in in memory of her and everything. This this uh, British uh, member of Parliament who was assassinated because of her views, fairly progressive views on you know. British politics and things going on over there. But the song itself, I didn't remember. But then looking at the performance of it, which is pretty close to the, the recorded version, I was like, oh, yeah, like there's there's bits of this that that I remember. I now again, whether I created this memory or not, I remember liking this in the moment back, you know, seven, eight, seven years ago at this point now. But I so I'm happy that it's that it's getting an airing here and that I like the recorded version also. Do you remember all the acid you took that night? Maybe that had <laughs> yes. to do with it. I was really <laughs> high. I, I was just totally out of it. So and I do I, I didn't look to see I, I also went to the um 
the Coney Island show right after that. And I didn't look at the set list to see if it was on there. I feel that it probably was, but I'm not 100% certain of that. I thought I had read somewhere that it was played maybe on the second half of this tour. Sure. Perhaps after Joe Cox was assassinated. Maybe he yes. felt it was, a, it was a, an appropriate song to play live. And for those who want to YouTube it, it was Peter Gabriel, Love Can Heal. It was at the Air Canada Center, right. June 29th, which was the day after my birthday, ah. uh, 2016. Got it. Yeah. And it is a very powerful version. The camera's close up on him the whole time. So I wish it had been, you know, more around everybody else in the band singing. Yeah. But it, it followed the this version very closely. Yeah. I think the only major differences I heard was he sings on the first go round of the chorus, where I think on the studio it's just the female voices. Right. And also towards the end he's a lot more involved in the repetition of the chorus and the trying to find the line, the given to love line, which he sings with an extended love. Like it was from that voice again, only love can make love like that kind of extended. He holds that note really well in that live version. So I I really did love that live version and hopefully he'll still bring it in, in this go round of shows. But yeah, that's it's funny. Like you said, that you only remember the intro really, and not the song being played when we saw it at Madison Square Garden right. uh, seven years ago. And that's the same for me. Like I do remember him dedicating a song to someone who had been assassinated. I don't know if I remember the person, but you know, obviously, it rings familiar now that we know the name. And uh, but I remember that more than the song. Yeah, I did look up if you go to petergabriel.com. dot mm-hmm. There's like a journal. If you go to the news section back in June of 16, there's a post called Remembering Joe Cox. Okay. And it talks about when he met her, when Peter was actually interested in running for him to be a member of parliament. Oh, okay. And there were some conference together about how to do that. And he had met her and played with her kids and you know knew that she was very passionate about government and, and you know making change. And the fact that, you know, she was assassinated, I think it was less than two weeks before that Canada show that he sang this at. Yeah. So, I mean, this was still raw in his mind. Yeah. And maybe that's why he decided to to bring it out. But it, I think it's almost like Biko. Like, you, now I can't not associate the assassination of this and his trying to deal with it using Love Can Heal. Right. Like, they're, they're forever linked together for me. Uh, kind of yeah. like you know Biko is with that story. Yeah, and he says in the in the email that went out about this, it's like I it's it, he's saying this now. It sounds trite to just say love can heal, but I really believe that it is a key element, and that when people feel interaction, warmth, giving, part of something alive and not isolated, that they're much more likely to do well and be able to offer more of themselves, more themselves. Music began with this meditative, repeated sequence, and the essence of all those sounds was trying to create a sensual palette. This is now me talking now, not Peter, where it wasn't written for her, but it's one of those applicable type of things that it's it's about that situation. And I do agree with him that it's like it's if you're coming at something from negativity and and, you know, the dark side of the force, then it's like, it's, it's, a, it's harder to build something productive from that. You know, if you want to talk about modern politics, you know, you can 
go in that direction too, but I'll leave that, I'll leave that to the audience to, uh, to go down that rabbit hole themselves. But this is one of those songs that I'm like, yeah, the message of this song, I really do get behind hundred percent and it does work well for me in that recorded version. You know, I, I really like that kind of whispered, you know, you know, give in to love at the end. I think that that's, yeah. you know, if there's anything liminal subliminal, you know, about that, I'm, it, it worked for me. So I was very, I was happy to hear this version and then kind of have my memory refreshed of, oh, I heard this before seven years ago. But it's funny that it, I don't want to say the, the song didn't make an impression at Madison Square Garden. It's just been seven years plus 18 decades of pandemic time in there. <laughs> so I think our brains are all a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit removed from then. Yeah. And, and it, it was a concert where that new song that, I'm pretty sure no one had heard before outside of Peter's band and people who've seen the show before. Right. Outside of that song was hit after hit after hit yes. from Sting and Peter Gabriel. So it definitely right. got overshadowed. So you're walking away with that concert thinking, oh my God, that was so incredible. Every great song was played. Please Sting, Gabriel, right. a little bit of Dancing with the Moonlit Night was right. sung by Stung. So there were many things that kind of overshadowed that new right. track. And then there was a new song that just kind of, you know, was there and was great, but but was overshadowed, as you say. And for those who probably use new songs to relieve themselves, <laughs> especially a quiet beer. new song, you know <laughs> that that can be a little. I mean, again, kudos to Gabriel for for debuting a new song about you know not about the death of somebody, but in in memory of the death of someone near the end of a show that was, you know, hit after hit after hit or, or different arrangements of hits. I still, going back to that show, I still think Gabriel's version of if you love someone, set them free, this kind of slow blues that he turned it into was great. I love that. And I wish yeah. there was, uh, I'm sure I could find a recording of it, but that was, you know, again, there were a lot of highlights in that, in that song, but in that concert, but, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about, Love Can Heal. And I did put out on Twitter a call for any uh, podcast uh, listeners, uh, table toppers out there to give us their thoughts on it. So our old friend Alex Tlander says, it didn't do much for me at first, but then it grew in my mind. It became something more complex and interesting. And now I like it. So again, kind of a grower for, for him. Not a shower. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, David, I hope I'm pronouncing this. David Dedekian, just at Dedekian on Twitter, is rising to the top of all of them released so far. Interesting to hear when he plays them live next week. So, David, you'll be hearing this also along with uh, us as we listen to this in, in the next couple of weeks. Next week, actually. Benefits Madman Martinus says, love it. It's a warm blanket, as you said, Tom, and a comforting hud turned into music. Is this you writing in this? Uh, loved it live, and I'm so relieved that the album version has the same feeling. Jay Miller says that it gives him a little bit of a San Jacinto vibe. And uh, the uh, Swell, Swell Maps kind of responded to that, saying that he agrees for the first few seconds it puts you in mind of San Jacinto, but they, then it becomes its own world, a deft original soundscape with the lovely upfront vocal. The melodies are not super strong, but it's all about the atmosphere, and you can briefly believe that love can heal. Hope it's more Aww. than briefly, but, you know, there you have it out there. Dan Rowley says, any gamers out there might hear the menu music of Mass Effect, as I did at the beginning. Niche, I know. 
It's a lovely <laughs> song. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we're 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 talking about Peter Gabriel slash Genesis fans who might also be aware of Mass Effect. And so that that maybe is a bit niche when you think the about Venn it. The Venn diagram might be large on exactly. that one. Yep. Uh, the, it's a lovely song and works best when you sit down to listen, not as background music, like the best of Peter Gabriel and Genesis. M.M. Matthew and a bunch of numbers says that it's a beautiful song, tragic inspiration. His voice is great. And the stunning cello, cello from Ayana Witter Johnson. PG has the genius and generosity to mix splendid, long-trusted players with staggering new talent, as you will soon experience in the U.S. of A. Lucky you. Uh, he also said, in reference to you, Tom, also far from funky, so hope Tom is not too disappointed. PG knows what he wants, <laughs> and he knows what we will like after a few listens, I'd say. I am not disappointed. Exactly. Well, that's good. So Jason Uretsky also kind of end, wrapped, ended, wrapped out the comments with, it's a slow grower, but it is e indeed grown on me. Looking forward to hearing it live at the Vancouver show, which might be happening before our shows. I'll have to uh, look at the schedule for that. So yeah, I think, but yes, I think yeah. he's in Canada now. I think I got, got some Facebook notice that like the first show is possibly tonight as we record this a week away I from our show it was yesterday yesterday maybe it was I think yesterday on 2011 yeah. site i think it opened up somewhere again i didn't I, we do a podcast i should probably pay attention to these things but you know it opened up somewhere not near us <laughs> so maybe right. that's and, uh, the set list was as follows so oh, Tom, Tom. <laughs> well, kidding been, i haven't so long spoiler free no so. we we were uh saying beforehand that both of us seem to be pretty spoiler free yeah. like we assume there's going to be lots of new songs yes. a couple of the must plays yeah but as they said in the as jack wall said in midnight run we've come too far we're too yes. close <laughs> <laughs> so so if there was one obscure song that you'd want him to play we're now going to be talking a little bit about our own kind of preview of the tour which uh we are in theory going to um <laughs> You know, I'll definitely be at the Philly show and the New York City show. Tom will most likely be at Philly because you're my ride and uh, not you, but the your vehicle is my ride. And we'll both definitely be at New York City next week and everything. And so is there my question to you, Tom, is if there was one obscure song that you would really want him to play, maybe a song that you haven't seen him play before, heard him play before. What would that track be? I don't think there's one that he hasn't played that he will play that I okay. want him to hear. Like if I could name some obscure track from the first album or the second <laughs> sure. album, like mother of violence. Okay. Um, but I don't think we hear that, but that would be a good one. I'll okay. go with that one. Mother of violence. That, All right. That's a good song. Fair enough. I would love to hear him play on the air. Ooh, that's a nice upbeat fast. Yeah. I don't expect it. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's that. I still hold out hope that he'll break out more above the Burgermeister at some point. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I am, again, realistic enough that if it does happen, I might explode in the audience. But, you know, Peter, if you're listening, be great to break out one of those tracks. So I was, I was mentioning uh, this that we're going to a friend of mine who likes, you know, casual Genesis yes. Gabriel fan. And I said, I kind of was testing it because I need, I, right now I don't have another person to go with to Madison Square Garden. Okay. Uh, so I kind of put it out to him and he was sort of interested, but not enough to, you know, pay for the ticket. <laughs> sure. But, and he, but his comment was, you know, I, I don't need to hear Salisbury Hill again. 
Yeah. So, but which I'm sure he'll play because yeah, if you've never seen Peter before, you want him to play that. And right. I think it is a fun concert song. Yeah. I don't know if anyone has heard or seen the comedian Chris Fleming. Are you familiar I, with him? No, I don't think so. <laughs> if you can Google Chris Fleming, Peter Gabriel. Okay. He does this whole bit about how, you know, years ago, if you were getting on with your partner or right. your significant other, if you were looking to hold out, you would think of baseball or think of, <laughs> you know, something not sexy. So you could last right. a little bit longer. And he said, I found something else now that I think about. He goes, it's Peter Gabriel riding a bicycle in a circle singing Salisbury <laughs> Hill. <laughs> and then he imitates him. It's hilarious. So that is, that is a niche joke right there. So also, and it, he, also, he pantomimes riding the bike and he's yeah. like, and then halfway through the song, he stops the bike, gets on the other way and rides back the other way in the opposite <laughs> direction. He goes, <laughs> it's very funny. So definitely Google that. All but. right. I'll have to get him on the podcast. Maybe he's a listener. So <laughs> a set list. Yeah. He'll play, I think the songs that we're expecting yep. a lot of the new stuff. Yeah. Just looking forward to this, this concert. I feel like we've been talking about it for yeah. know, January, February. Yeah, it's been a while. So, yeah, I kind of hope, like, of the standards that he does play, you know, again, we know he's going to play Salisbury Hill. We know he's going to play Sledgehammer. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play either one of those. Uh, and actually, maybe even a little disappointed because they are great live songs. Yeah. I think Secret World is a great live track, and he's played it pretty much on every tour since Secret World, yeah. uh, Us and Everything came out. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets dropped, but if it's there, I'll be very happy. I do wonder if he's going to play all these new songs in a row or if it will be broken up by like two or three new songs, then an old song, then two more new songs, and then an old song. I think broken up. That, that's my I would guess. I would think so, because it, it'd be a lot for, again, casual fans to come in and kind of, you know, digest 12 or 14 new tracks in a row some of which even the diehard people like ourselves have not heard yet so yeah you know that's uh it'll be it'll be very interesting with that so it'll be fun yeah i would be happy if, you know i'm a sucker for washing of the water yeah sure but i think there's probably enough low key songs that he's yeah. throwing in there with a lot of the new stuff being of the lower key nature right. that maybe he'll maybe either pick that or mercy street as another older low-key track and hmm. you know save some of the lower ones for the newer stuff yeah there's always that you know don't give up is another option for that type of track too and you know as much as i do like don't give up and mercy street and those type of things those are the tracks where i'm like ah, i don't need to hear that again uh, you know i've i've seen both of them it feels like i've seen both of those live enough at this point that yes if he plays them in the moment i will enjoy hearing him play it but if they're not played, I won't miss them from the track or from the set yeah. list and everything. The same thing, like, like he's played the last, like for the last couple tours, I feel like family in the fishing net has been pulled out as kind of a bit of an obscure track that Peter really likes to play. And I like it too, but I feel like I've seen it enough recently, you know, again, in the last decade that I'm like, ah, yeah, if he, if he plays that great, I'll enjoy it in the moment. But if he doesn't, I'll be, if he chooses another obscure song to play, I'll probably be a happy guy. So you know, if those he are my... had a choice between family in the fishing net or family snapshot, Ooh. you would choose snapshot. 
I would because I have seen Snapshot less, I feel like. I saw it, I, I have only seen him play that on the So Back to Front tour, where it was kind of that transition from the acoustic bit into the electric bit of the set, which was great, but I wouldn't mind hearing it as part of the regular set. Yeah. And and that would be that would be why it would win in the battle between those two songs. Um, he played it at the end of one of the up shows I saw. I think in okay. at the Staples Center, I might not have been called Staples back yeah. in 2002. I don't remember. But it was a great version. And, and yeah. it wasn't, you know, those who knew it knew it. But right. I think it was, it was a lot of looking around like, hmm. what is this song? I don't know right. it from the people who were, you know, just so fans. Or... Yeah. Well, that's the thing like Genesis ending with Carpet Crawlers. You know, right. that's that's a song that if you know Genesis, you know that track. But if you are more of a casual fan, you you might like it in the moment, but you're it, it doesn't have the history that a song like like a family snapshot that that uh that a song like Invisible Touch has, where everybody knows that song, whether you like yeah. it or not, you know that song. I was actually just in a grocery store the other day, and that came on <laughs> over the over the uh, PA, and I'm like, there you go, there the Genesis follows me around everywhere. So yeah, so I'm looking for I'm really am looking forward to these shows. It feels like we've been, you know, talking about these tracks and kind of, you know, getting ramped up for this, amped up, ramped up for it for such a long time. And it'll be great. I'm really looking forward to it. So and looking forward to seeing, you know, if you're a tabletop listener out there and if you're going to Philly or to New York City, look for us. Before the New York show, we tend to gather at a bar called Stout right by the um right by Madison Square Garden. So if you're looking for a place to meet up and if you want to say hi to Tom and Mike, that's most likely where we're going to be. And when I say most likely, I think that's where we're going to be. So. <laughs> and for Philly, I know they have that big kind of restaurant mix of restaurants, bars right oh, near okay. Wells Fargo. Yeah. Uh, which is I've where... I've never seen a show there. That's going to be new for oh, me. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never, <laughs> that... I've never seen... I've seen the kids in the hall in Philly, but I have never seen a music show in Philly. Oh, it's, it's, that's where I think Stacy, I, and a, a bunch of friends saw the Back to Front show. Got it. Okay. Saw Genesis in 2007 there. Right. And yep. then my friends and I saw Genesis in 2021. Right. And so there's a big kind of entertainment, bars, restaurants okay. venue right next to the arena. Got it. And that's where we had drinks beforehand okay. and talked to some other people. Right. So that's probably a good place to meet up. And uh, our friend David Priest will yes. also be there as well. We, we, he and I are sitting together and everything, so that'll be fun. And we're also, again, this is looking ahead, but you, me, and him are going to Steve Hackett at uh, Town Hall in October, October 14th. Yep. So we'll probably do some sort of you know local bar meetup around then before that show too. And so we'll talk about that probably when we do a late September Peter Gabriel full moon track, we can talk about that. The next uh, we'll talk about our digestion of this show. We'll finally be able to talk about, you know, what we thought about the tour. Uh, and maybe we'll even do a, just a special episode about that too, since we've been building up to this for so long. Yeah. I think a special one. It looks like the, the, I looked it up, right. I'm not a moon geek. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I Googled it beforehand. The next new moon is, September 14th. Ah, okay. So the new moon is when the upcoming other mixes of ah, Love Can okay. Heal come out. 
Got and it. then the next full moon, which is the harvest moon, that's September 29th. Got it. Right at the end of the month there. So, so okay. we'll have maybe after that, we'll talk yeah. about that track and yeah. then record our thoughts on the tour. Exactly. It'll be a good time. So, <laughs> yes. Well, sounds good. 2023, well, all Peter Gabriel, all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> and we will be getting into doing full length, you know, albums at some point again. You know, we've Tom and I have been discussing that and it's definitely on our on our agenda to do. It's just that these Peter Gabriel tracks have kind of taken over this year in a good way, because yeah. I think it's given us a good routine of doing kind of these shorter podcasts on uh, a more regular basis and we will hopefully stick to the monthly re release schedule moving forward because i think that's actually a really you know positive way to move and so yeah if you have any ideas for records that we will uh, that we that you want us to cover we've talked about spectral mornings we've talked about geese and the ghost that those type of uh, solo albums at this point and we still have to do three sides live with stacy and simon again which was our recording that got lost lost to time unfortunately <laughs> so but we will do that and they were talking about maybe in october they could be free to do that so yeah uh, so we'll figure that out so all right well tom any final words or is that uh that kind of it for you at this point that's it just you know it feels like we've come a long way with all these Indeed. new tracks so this is what uh the ninth track this year sure yeah that sounds right yeah now it's time for the show uh, exactly. a week away. So very excited. Tick tock. So, Hey, if you need tickets to Philly, uh, reach out to Tom because he has some extras. So <laughs> yes, um, yes. That would be, that need would be, meaning uh, pay American dollars for, he's not giving them away for free. So no, just looking to get back my costs exactly, and, and go with some people who are also big Gabriel fans. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. So, well, Tom, it's been having good to chat and listeners, we will see you next time. So this is Mike Lord and Tom Roche, and this has been Tabletop Genesis.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Tabletop Genesis. Archived episodes can be found at tabletopgenesis.com, along with updates, polls, and various other podcast-related news. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to have shows automatically downloaded to your computer when we post new episodes. To keep up with all the Tabletop Genesis activity, follow us on Twitter at Genesis Tabletop. You can like us on Facebook by searching for Tabletop Genesis, and you can email us directly at genesistabletop at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast or send us questions we can address on future episodes.